Welcome to this week's Two Men in the Middle. This is where two men in the middle of the country get together and talk about politics, current events, and other fun stuff. I'm Craig Hewing. I'm Brandon Kinnick. We're back from another extended break. Yeah, a couple months hiatus, uh, travel, being sick, at least on my side. So it's, you know, it's such is the life of, of, an, of an amateur podcaster. Yeah. Brandon, has anything happened in the last, I don't know, 45 days in the world that that thinks two guys that pay attention to the news could have an hour long conversation about? Or are we going to be forcing uh, topics here tonight? Oh, I don't know. Only, you know, enough news to fill like dozens and dozens of hours of podcast. I mean, it's been quite an eventful past couple of months. Let's start with the obvious. Trump. Uh, indictment by Jack Smith in the Mar-a-Lago case. This is old news by now. Right. The, the indictment, I think, is old news. And the, the, um, the shock, I guess, has worn off a little bit of one, not only that the president has been charged and that he has been uh, arraigned and will face federal charges, but also the prospect moving forward that, I guess, as we stand today, there's going to be a trial yeah. in federal court in Miami of Donald J. Trump for possession of an obstruction of stolen documents. And it just feels like we're all just kind of in this weird world where, well, I guess that's what's going to happen. Well, and I think unlike the first federal indictment out of New York, which was, yeah, you know, very weak. technical yeah. and vague and, and not really easily understood and for something that could have easily been prosecutorial discretion, mm-hmm. this indictment is a very clear cut. And this is something that's easily digestible uh, in terms of the ramifications. You're talking about a, I forget what the counts are up to. I want to say 40 counts around there. Something like that. And when it comes to um, our nation's intelligence, see, I read the entire indictment, and it's very direct in terms of just the classified material. And I think what's different about this is not only did Jack Smith lay out the case, but there's been this slow drip of leaks information in the intervening weeks audio from trump basically bragging about having these types of documents uh i war plans on iran that he (laughs) had for milley i mean it's one thing after another and so much of this again it's just you see it and you can easily grasp that this is wrong this shouldn't happen the bathroom with the boxes stacked up in the the shower i mean the indictment was exactly what i thought the indictment would be yeah. It was well laid out, well put together by Jack Smith. Looked like it was very professionally done. Very polished. It wasn't like Alvin Bragg, who's trying to shoehorn two right. legal theories together to whip up a, a a felony out of where a misdemeanor at best should should be. What what has been absolutely stunning about this is Trump's behavior since he was arraigned, since this indictment came out. I mean, first off— But has it been stunning? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe— To me, it has, because I guess I'm looking through the lens of—I get it. Trump has skated by for 77 years of his life. Right. He's never been held accountable— He sues his way out of everything. anything, and right. I get that. But I thought this— this was sobering enough. This was serious enough. And he had enough people around him to say, hey, Jack Smith, Merrick Garland, and the government, they are not fucking around here. You are in serious, serious legal jeopardy. I thought we were going to see a new version of Trump who understood that and would act accordingly. 
And no, once again, Brandon, 100% wrong on that. That would imply that Trump sees himself as a citizen that's subject to the same laws, the same norms as you and I. That's a good point. And he never has. I mean, the way that he acted as president, it was always, you know, the U.S. Army was his army. All of the public resources that are at the disposal of the presidency he saw as his personal uh, tactics to use and do as he might. So he has never subscribed to the view that that he has constitutional responsibilities or that he's a caretaker when it comes to, to public resources, to taxpayer resources. And I, I guess I wasn't surprised because this is his MO all along. And I've never thought that there was ever going to be that moment where he was going to just wake up and have some form sense of humility or shame or even like reality would set in and he would say hey maybe we should plea bargain with doj negotiate yeah. some type well, of settlement you, you just talked about adult emotions shame you know th- these are things that fully functioning adults feel and and kind of mold their behavior after i i was never expecting that out of trump no i never expected some shame some some humility some responsibility i, I never thought that but I did think he could shut up. <laughs> I did think he would say, you know, I'm a big fan of TV. I've watched a lot of, a lot of Law and Order. I'm just going to let this go and just say, hey, this is part of some attempt to, to get to me, to get to you, and then, then go on with it. Well, I, I didn't think he was so grounded in these docs that, that he's just he, – he's giving the government no choice. Not only no choice. is he not shutting up – I mean, and he's going to rallies and he's talking about all this. Like, he's giving interviews and going on uh, cable TV and talking openly. Did you see the Brett Baer interview? It, it, I it, mean, he continues it, it, to incriminate himself. Like, he's, you know, and, and talk about the, you know, these docs. He can do whatever he wants with them. And, I mean, what the, like, I, I just cannot fathom the fact that he keeps digging the hole deeper and deeper. So, let's put, let's put two things to rest. Number one, this, this idea that everything is covered by the Presidential Records Act. That is a thousand percent false in the presidential records act. It specifically says this does not cover agency docs. An agency doc is a doc created by the CIA, the FBI, the NSA, any type of federal agency. They're the property of the federal government. They always have been. You can't declassify them either. You numb nut. Right. They, you can't say, Oh my God, this sensitive document that DOJ put together, I declassified it. Therefore I can whip it around. No, that's not how that works. The second is the Clinton Sox case. The Clinton Sox case. Sandy Berger, National Archives. Is that what you're thinking? This wasn't the one. No, I think you're thinking of the one where he was stuffing the shit down his pants and yes, walking out with it. Yes, that's what I was thinking, yeah. No, the Clinton Sox case that Trump keeps referring to is Clinton in his second term sits down with a biographer. They meet for a series of, of talks to put a book together. Clinton pulls the plug on the project. He does not want these tapes entered into the archive because he considers them personal. Ah, yes, I So he case, sticks yeah. them in his sock drawer when he leaves the White House, leaves with him. Fast forward a couple of years when Clinton's out of office, some Republican group says, hey, we think there could be confidential information, uh, something of national security or maybe even things illegal that, that Clinton did while president. We want those tapes. And they said, no, you can't have them. They were created for and generated by the president. They are his personal And that's property. the difference. He created that content. Yes. Unlike content, yes. like you said, that comes from the agencies that's created for the president, but not by the president. And because I've listened to so many goddamn legal podcasts over the last month over this, this was a very low-level decision by a court that, by a court that is not 
assigned precedence based off this decision. Yeah. So that decision, one, is not apples to apples comparison to what Trump went through. And even if that decision was apples to apples, it does not set a precedent moving forward. So Trump also, I think, in a different screed on True Social, made comments about um, Joe Biden when he was in the Senate and Dick Cheney when he was in Congress about them taking documents. And in the same vein— Those are documents that each of those members of Congress, and again, not the president, members of Congress, so, you know, again, very different. Um, Those were documents that they created. They were part of their offices that was of their own creation, not documents that were uh, national security documents based on the committees that they served on, but documents that they created to chronicle their time that they took with them for archival information and for their pres- uh, for uh, for libraries and things like that. And again, Trump made this direct comparison when you're talking about apples and oranges, content that is created personally by a public official as when they're in office versus content that um, that is for their eyes only that is given to them by an agency, um, you know, which would be like the you know intelligence committee getting a briefing from yeah. you know the director of national intelligence so trump has no legal defense for his actions did you hear his voice on on that tape yeah it's just it's, devastating <laughs> it's devastating and there's more tapes to come there's i mean there's already been a couple of tapes and <laughs> i mean it's it's devastating because like the evidence is there like it's uh, it's undeniable i mean he admits to it he says he shouldn't be he showing it he brags about he's it he's bragging about it and he's showing it to a reporter i mean he's just like waving this around he even says that he shouldn't be doing it that he should have got around to declassifying it but he didn't which he could have again do anyway but the point of the matter is because he talks so much i mean he incriminated himself on these tapes and there's more to come out as we've talked oh, about absolutely and i think Trump has abandoned any legal defense for his actions. This is where, as we are warming up, this is where I'm so confused, Brandon, where I don't, I'm completely discombobulated about this. It doesn't appear that Trump has a legal team anymore. This is going to be a brutal episode on names. That gal in Florida who's on Helena Hubba something or the other. Yeah. I guess she's his lead attorney she was a strip mall attorney just, like just doesn't really awful. have she's weighing over her skis on there, this. there is no way any competent attorney is going to take on this case and there is no legal defense for trump really no. to mount he may have some some discussion about hey how certain statutes apply to this case but the idea that there was no legal no illegal activity by the ex-president is completely ludicrous on its face and through trump's interviews and through those tapes we're already past that yeah even people that were making this this you know feverish defense of trump legally that he could declassify anything simply by thinking about it or that the presidential records act covered any document he ever touched even they've pivoted off that your yeah. steve bannons your cash patels your charlie clark kirks even they've given up on trying to whip up some some fake it, yeah defense there is for this. no defense there is none i mean it just doesn't exist so that's why i'm stuck brandon what, so what happens i guess trump's got me right where he wants me it's so obvious he should be should, should go should be convicted and punished for this that i'm convinced he's not because he's ignoring it, which makes me think. But again, you're—I think you're operating from a uh, a place where you think that Trump should is should be acting rationally, but he doesn't act rationally in anything he does. And you're assuming that 
because he's because this is so irrational, there's something that we're missing here. But I don't think we are. I think it's really just a case of like he's never had to take accountability or responsibility and he never will. And because he's running for president, and I think in the back of his mind, he has this thought that he can be elected president and then he can end the uh, independent council's investigation. He can put a stop to this. He's willing to like just ride this out as long as possible and, and not own up to it. He has never owned up to anything in the course of his career. And I don't think he's going to start to do that now. So in lack of a, of a legal defense, their basic going, their defense is going to be, this wasn't that big a deal. I didn't sell the documents off. These are doc, no real, no harm real came of this. Um, If Hillary Clinton wasn't indicted for this, neither should I. What Joe about Biden has documents under his Corvette, <laughs> and Mike Pence has them too. And but they if you can't... look back through every president, you'd find the exact same thing. But none of that applies to the obstruction charge. The fact of the matter is that in all these cases, those people cooperated oh, it's all with crap. the authorities. Yeah. Exactly. And and again, I feel like I hate to like adjudicate, adjudicate the Clinton saga all over again, because it's like, you know, rewind to 2016. Hillary Clinton was in office at the time as Secretary of State. So was it that she was out of office, number one? Um, and so her mistake where she um, uh, was in violation was using a private server for public purpose in the course of her public duties um, that was unsecure. Um, and that's uh, and that's where she went wrong. Um, she did cooperate with um, the authorities. Uh, the other thing was that um, the issue in terms of that information from the server uh, being obtained and retrieved, it was by a law firm, I believe. I have to go back and read the details. Yeah. But that that is also what happened. She did not hand it over to anybody. She did not brag about it. She did not show it. She did not display it. And we're not talking about physical documents that were stashed or stored sure. somewhere. So again, it's a whole different scenario in terms of what happened. So I know that obviously the Republicans want to kind of blur the, the you know the lines well, there. I, I'll play the devil advocate side of this and, and play the, the Republican side. So yes, Hillary Clinton set up a private email server because she didn't want to advertise the connections to the Clinton Foundation, how connected the Clinton Foundation was into Washington. She didn't want people to see who the Clinton Foundation communicated with, the social schedule that she kept in, who was coming and going within the Clinton Foundation. Mm -hmm. So to do this, she set up a private server, which was completely illegal to do. And Hillary Clinton knows that. Now, yes, I've heard the argument. She didn't steal docs. She didn't move docs to that server. She didn't store documents on that server. No, all she did was email with... Uh, another episode for names. Habedin, Uba Habedin, who was her personal assistant. Wiener's girlfriend. Huma Abedin. Huma Abedin, yeah. Who is- All she did was have a whole bunch of emails back and forth with her containing a shit ton of classified information that ended up on Anthony Wiener's email. And now I'll quote James Comey when he testified this in front of Congress said, there is no doubt that some of that data that was sensitive at the top secret level due to Hillary Clinton's actions got out into the space where it shouldn't and was viewed by enemies of the United States. That was the assessment from Comey. So you have an overt illegal act by Hillary Clinton designed to 
kind of hide some of the sliminess that she was involved with, with the Clinton Foundation that ended up with foreign assets seeing top sensitive data. I'm really open to why was she not indicted? If I'm a Republican and I want to make that argument and I want to make it with a, with some passion in my voice, Mm -hmm. I can certainly do that. And they do have a point. I mean, I don't think it, the rule should be, if you cooperate once found out and there is no intent to sell to a foreign entity, everything is forgiven. Right. But is it, and isn't that the difference here? If Trump had but that's cooperated. Not the, that's not the rule. Right. But I mean, th- a big part of this case is the obstruction. It's the yeah. continued concealing of documents multiple times. And I just want to say. And the hiding of documents. To take that off Hillary, you have to believe everything she said. Oh, my lawyers looked through it and they gave it all to you. Oh, on those hard drives and phones I smashed with a hammer? There was nothing on those. Oh, and the server that I bleach blitted to make sure there was nothing on that. You can trust me. There was nothing on that, too. There's a lot of taking Oh, I agree. Hillary There's a lot of, I, yeah, I mean, that's, I think the Hillary situation is beyond problematic, but it's not apples to oranges. It's not. And even if you do, so, and, and I think admitting that there were problems there and that they weren't properly vetted, and again, that was in the course of an election year, and so there's a whole lot of issues that I think you can easily raise and say that um, that was not handled as it should. Uh, Trump himself at the time, you know, railed against Hillary and how she handled classified information. I mean, his supporters were, say, you know, chanting, lock her up. So sure. how does that not apply when, you know, the shoe is on the other foot at this in this case? I, I don't believe Hillary Clinton should have been prosecuted. I don't believe charges should have brought against her. Do I believe she should have been censured, sanctioned in some way? A- absolutely. There had to be some accountability to Hillary Clinton, who certainly knew better and knew exactly what what she was doing. And because that didn't happen, that leaves this space now for all of this victimhood on the Republican side to just wallow around in. And if you're looking for an excuse to – at this point, I don't know what you're looking for excuse for. People that are going to vote for Trump are going to vote for Trump. If you're not going to vote for Biden, you don't want to vote for Biden. I guess if you're just looking to argue and get angry, the Hillary Clinton thing snaps very neatly into place with, with Trump. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a I mean, prime example of how kind of a diversion tactic, but also being able to say, you know, nothing was done in this case. Like, and And I think, again, this all goes back to, I think, valid criticism of how Comey handled it, where, you know, it was— um, looked at and then closed and then reopened right before the election. Like the back and forth of what happened to doesn't project a lot of confidence mm-hmm. into the DOJ at the time in terms of now, again, I also want to stress that I think now the DOJ in terms of its leadership and in terms of how it's operating is much more kind of above board than it was at the time. But again, in the public's eye and particularly with Trump supporters, they don't see it that way. Like, again, it's just, it's because their whole the painting is what the picture that they paint is of this deep state that's out to get Trump. So when, when Trump says, or any Republican says we have a two tier justice system, what are they talking about? And make your answer kind of long. Cause I got to pee real bad. Hillary Clinton and Hunter Biden. We're going to get to Hunter Biden next. But okay. No, I wasn't joking. I got to step out to pee, Brandon. So you have to answer that question. Oh yeah. So, I mean, essentially when they're talking about it, 
two-tiered justice system. They're talking about the fact that Republicans get treated one way and uh, Democrats get treated another way. And Hillary Clinton is example number one for that. And then most recently, Hunter Biden as well, uh, who they claim that the DOJ um, has not looked into. uh, And there is some valid criticism when it comes to Hunter Biden as uh, during the 2020 election, when the story first broke about Hunter Biden's laptop um, and about the DOJ meeting with the heads of Twitter and Facebook and warning against um, sharing information around that case uh, because of the potential for it being disinformation. Um, so there's a valid argument to be made that the Hunter Biden laptop story was suppressed in the 2020 election, and conservatives look to that and they say, this is collusion. This is the DOJ actively interfering when on behalf of a, a prominent Democrat's child. So that is the, the argument that they're making, that there's basically two sets of rules, one for Democrats and one for Republicans. So we've entered the point of the story with Trump that makes me even more confusing. And that's Hunter Biden. So don't you feel it's pretty obvious that the Republicans have decided there's going to be an asymmetrical scandal between Trump and Hunter Biden. (laughs) And whenever there's an escalation for Trump, there's going to be an escalation on Biden. Which is even more asymmetrical than the comparison to Hillary Clinton um, or or anybody else for that matter, because Hunter Biden is a private citizen. He's not a public official. Um, And I know the Republicans are trying to draw a connection to Joe Biden and his time as vice president and unethical behavior. But they haven't made that, and they have don't have any evidence at all um, showing that. So at best, all they have is being able to paint or point to the son um, of a president who showed very poor judgment at best, who appeared to act unethically, um, who was serving on these boards, who was leveraging his dad's name. Sure. Um, but again, all of that said that is highly unethical it's not illegal um and it's not unheard of in washington for children of prominent politicians to trade on their parents names for money for jobs for you name it and another great example of that is jared kushner who got two billion dollars from the saudis based solely on being the son-in-law of president trump and, and this is where the Republicans are barking up the wrong tree. What American is still outraged because our elite political members' families tread off their name? That's and not exactly money? breaking news. I mean, that's really, <laughs> I mean, you're going to get Americans. You want us to be mad about this? Is that what the expectation is? I remember as recently we're going to get fired up over this. It made me I I don't know why I recalled the other day, but I was taking back to the 2018 election. So um, in Missouri, um, Roy Blunt was up for Mm reelection and the Democrats had this like catchy jingle. Roy Blunt lives in a mansion in WDC. His children are all in politics. He's been a senator for 100 years. Of course he does. Which, yeah, the jingle was very catchy. But in essence, it was basically talking about how all of his kids are lobbyists and they've all benefited off of his name and they all make a ton of money. Um, But it just reminded me again. This is so commonplace. You can pick any senator, any member of Congress, and find similar examples. Like you said, do 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 Trump's kids next? Yeah, exactly. Do Clinton's entire family? Yeah. A, e, even do the Obamas, right? Yep. I mean, and the Bushes. Yeah. Do, do them all. I mean, again, this is a real case of water's wet and the sun's hot. I, <laughs> right. I, I, I understand. You can't let you can't let all of this on Trump go unchecked. And there is a case to be made about, hey, Biden's, they're not a very clean political 
family. Hunter Biden's an absolute scumbag. Yeah, he's a and mess. And he's proven he's a scumbag. And Joe Biden isn't this doddery old man he makes himself out to be. They've been going around collecting money for influence peddling for decades. Well, yeah, Joe Biden has been in his brother's government since the 1970s. Yeah. So, but but again, what is the reaction supposed to be? Mm-hmm. And to get a reaction, they have to keep upping the ante. Right. There, there's a whistleblower. Oh, no, we can't find him. There's tapes. No, I'm Chuck Grassley, and I just made that up because I'm 90 years old. I'm never running again, and I have no dignity left. So, okay, no, I just made that up. That's not good. There was something today that Raskin has released a, an affidavit from the head of Burisma, said, I've never met Joe Biden. I've never talked to Joe Biden. Anything That's about the thing. It's all conjecture up until this just, point. It's just so stupid. And it all goes back. For any of this to matter, because it's all just noise, for any of it to matter, they have to draw a direct line from Hunter Biden and Burisma to Joe Biden, that Joe Biden was involved that he was, uh, you know, actively soliciting business on behalf of his son. You know, there has to be something like that for them to be able to actually make this case yes. that there's a corruption and that, you know, there was preferential treatment. They have not come anywhere close to making that case. Have they proved, as you said, did they prove that Hunter Biden is a scumbag? Yes, and there's plenty of receipts there. I mean, we've known about sure. that for years. Um, he has also has an illegitimate child, and he's trying to get out of paying child support. I mean, you can go on down the list of horrible things as it relates to Hunter Biden. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, again, without that connection and again they haven't proven it to joe biden all you have is a private citizen who traded off of his father's name and who has shown poor judgment he's not in government he can't be censored he can't like none of that can happen so again i don't understand besides wanting to just muddy the waters because you can't defend trump so you have to pivot and say look over here look at what's happening over behind this tree i love it when comer comes out in that comer is off kentucky accent they they made a bunch of shell companies that it'd be impossible to track the money through. No, no, it's not. <laughs> I mean, you have forensic accountants on staff. I'm sure if you wanted to. How about the names of those shell companies? Could you share those with us? Yeah, they've done. The, the Republicans have done a horrible job of if you were if you wanted us to take this seriously, you've pretty much shot yourself in the foot from. From day one. Well, it's become the boy who cries wolf now. Because every much. hearing, they, you're, you're just like waiting for the shoe to drop and there's nothing. It's just like, okay, again, we're left with nothing. And, okay, I mean, we, we can talk about Hunter Biden, but really, I don't, I don't think you can talk about those two. The two stories are linked together, Trump and Hunter Biden. There, there, there's no way that they would be doing this with Hunter Biden if Trump <laughs> wasn't all. under indictment. No, they would have cared. James they would care. Comer not will at flat all. Flat out, every interview he gives just tells you, and Trump's doing great in the polls. Trump's doing great in the polls. Look what we're doing for Trump in the polls. They're not even trying to hide what this is. You have his accent down. Well, well you know, it's Kentucky. <laughs> I, I love James Comer. Any man that could stand there with a straight face and have the spine to deliver. I'm not going to say lie, but the level of bullshit that he's shoveling, <laughs> that he in peddled, some ways, yeah. you got to respect that. But <laughs> this is the, these two things, would it shock you tomorrow if Trump makes a deal to make his legal problems go away that has a political um, solution to it, perhaps, and something happens at the same time over here to Hunter Biden? Does I mean, to me, it, this is another thing where I'm feeling like Trump will never see the inside of a court. They're, they're going to try to link these two things together, aren't they? But at, I at the end of the day, they may, but I don't, I don't see how that wins out legally. I mean, because 
I think we're, we're past legal. Uh, but but still, you have uh, the DOJ is still not going to base whether or not uh, you know. Uh, or even like sentencing decisions are not going to be made on the basis of what's happening or not happening with Hunter Biden in that case. I'm going off the the worldview that there's somebody that can step over to the DOJ and say, I can solve all of your problems right now. You're in a spot that you don't really want to be here, do you? I've got a deal that I think can make this evaporate. I, but we're too far in now. You would Are think we? that now that that I, I if that would have happened, it would have already happened a while back. See, I think we're just getting to the point where we're starting to see how problematic this is, which makes this deal more applicable, maybe. And I don't know if you'll drive, he'll drop a felony federal charge for agreeing not I, to run for president. I don't know. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, what if in six months, you know, this shit just stacks up and, and Trump's lawyer walks in and says, we, we, we want to make a plea. We, we want to make this go away. What can we do? I would, I got to think the DOJ is saying it's worth at least a series of conversations to see if we can land anywhere. Plead guilty. Don't run for president. You know, 18 months house, house arrest in Mar-a-Lago. Does this all go away? I, yeah. I mean, hmm, that's a good question. I mean, it's such a hypothetical, and I think that also presents its own problems because then you have a blatant case where there was obstruction when it came to sensitive intelligence, and you're going to have half the country that sees this as somebody who was shown favoritism and was did not, you know, receive. The only way that makes this work, the other half of the coin, Hunter Biden, there has to have something happen to him too. Because we're in this point now to where we, we have to have this this balance. But I don't even see Trump agreeing to do something like that. Because, again— Oh, that, I don't either. That requires him to act rationally and to act like an under—not only understand, but like comprehend that this is in his best interest. And I think his first and foremost thought is always projecting strength, denying, 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 and never admitting fault. And this would require him, um, you know, even if he doesn't admit to it— uh, essentially a settlement um, or a, a plea or agreement with DOJ not to run for president is an admission of something. And it requires him to— A pardon's an admission. Well, yeah. That pardon's too. an admission of guilt. So if somebody pardons him, he's got to say he's guilty. I don't think he, he doesn't have to allocute to it, but a pardon implies guilt. I just I don't see him um, making an agreement with the DOJ. I just don't see that happening. I think he'll continue to fire lawyers until he finds people to do his bidding, even if they're supremely unqualified yeah, and just I think so too. You know, ridiculous because it, it just it he doesn't operate like from a rational basis on anything. I mean, if he did, this would have been settled long ago. He could have easily settled this and just returned the documents. The fact he did not do that shows that his state of mind is on a completely different playing field because nobody else. In in that position mm-hmm. would have continued to obstruct the way he did. He gave a lawyer a $3 million retainer who just told him, just give him the fucking documents back. This can go away in a week. And a you rational can be person would way. not disregard his attorneys. Especially if I just gave you $3 million, which I can't get right. back. And, and listen to a crackpot who heads a conservative it's group ridiculous. who has no lo- legal background. Granted, this where I'm caught in the ridiculous. <laughs> There's no way this ridiculous continues all the way to trial, does it? I think it does. I think oh, it does. God. It, it's just... I, I wish they would have hung a felony fucking gun charge on Hunter Biden. It would have been an easy thing to do, and it would have changed 
everything moving forward. You All, think that would have been enough, though? Because you think that would have I, caused Republicans to not continue to really, hammer the Burisma and the. I think it really would have gave them something to sink their teeth into. Mm. If 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 they could have simply said, "Hey, I'm assuming anybody who listens to this pod, podcast is smart enough to know rich people who don't pay their taxes don't go to jail in America." Yeah, you got to really try. I mean, Hunter, he's in two. The charges that uh, the tax, the year tax he didn't pay, he's already paid those back. Right. So people who don't pay taxes, even if you don't file, but who eventually get caught, cooperate and pay it back, none of those people go to jail. Yeah, people who commit actual um, tax fraud with intent, not just pay, not paying their taxes or paying it late, but like large full-scale tax fraud even usually don't go to jail. I mean, it has to be on a magnitude that's so enormous. And then the whole case with like lying on the form to but to buy yeah. the gun, that happens a lot. It's just rare that it gets very prosecuted. The very the only times where people do go to jail is if it's in connection with another larger crime, yep. and then they get charged yep. with that crime as well. A rapper Kodak Black went to jail for four years because he put somebody else's social security number on the form. Hmm. That's very different oh, than yeah. saying. I don't use drugs. And, uh, yeah. Because I, I was going to say, um, the only other example that comes to mind is the mother of that elementary school kid in Virginia who shot the teacher. Yeah. Because she ended up lying on that same form yeah. about the gun in terms of drug use. So that she's being charged now. But again, that's in the aftermath of what happened with her child. And they're trying to find some way to charge her because they can't charge her with what her child did. I, I think that you can say because the gun, too, got out of his possession— yeah. Because that his girlfriend threw it in a trash can or something by a school, and the gun walked out of the trash can, apparently. <laughs> I think there's a way that you could have hung a felony conviction on him that would have— No, it wouldn't have quelched all of this, but it might have sanded some of the harsher edges off. Yeah. I'm looking for off-ramps, and I just don't see any— no one's no one's looking for him with me. Yeah, I don't. I think that's the problem. I don't think anybody no. else is looking for him. Everybody's dug in. Everybody just wants to fight, fight, fight yeah. some more. The third topic I was trying to think in the middle was Hunter Biden. And uh, oh, okay, well, stuff, we, but, yeah. We're but I think that. for me, I can't separate that from Trump because maybe I'm wrong, and maybe there's evidence coming out that shows Joe Biden is just you know just raking money off of everybody and Brian, I, maybe that's out there. I, I don't know. I think that would have come out by now. I mean, I, I think, so, I think really hard. <laughs> that's why I think this is really kind of grasping at straws and at this point. This is another reason why, again, massively confused. Trump's FBI had that laptop in 2019 and they knew it was Hunter Biden's. They sat with that laptop for a year and a half and did nothing. You mean 2020? No, they had it in 2019. Or, I'm sorry, 2019. Oh, I thought you said 2015. No, you, they, had it, 2019, they had it in 2019. Yes, you're right. They yeah. had it for almost two years. They did. It was a long time. Yeah. You mean to tell me Trump didn't know? You, you mean to tell me that <laughs> right. this falls from your police political rival and the head of the FBI? I, had, I find that impossible to no. believe. I, I, I don't think there's much on Hunter Biden's laptop except pictures of him doing coke and strippers and all that shit. Yeah, which but as far as illegal, I don't think there's much to it because I think that the, the already, Trump people already would have used it. That would have it. already been leaked. And the that's only stuff right. that's leaked is like the nude pics and the strippers Correct. and the, all the other stuff. Yeah. All this other stuff that they're saying, if it was on that laptop, the, the, the Trump FBI would have tore that apart and gone. Right. I think they know either there's not as much on the laptop as we think, or that laptop has been so compromised it can never be used in any type of legal proceeding, which yeah. that, that simply might be it. I think you're right. I do have a criticism, I think, in light of everything going on and with the 
spotlight on Hunter Biden. I am kind of surprised that President Biden um, is uh, like having Hunter Biden front and center at state dinners yeah, and all kinds of things. Like that, he's getting yeah. photographed at all these White House events. If he was a I would think he would felon, have him lay low a yeah. bit more and be like, like out of the spotlight. Because, it, again, it does Joe Biden no good to have um, his son photographed at all these public events so prominently just in light of what the connection Republicans are trying to make. Like it, it, it enables, it fuels the fire in terms of them yeah. being able to point to corruption, even if it's non-existent. So I just, that makes me uneasy. I think Biden is equally confident there's no corruption in his back background that, that the Republicans, Republicans are going to find. I think he's pretty defiant. As Trump yeah. is confident he's not going to jail. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let, oh. Let's talk a little bit about presidential candidates that have jo- dropped in. And, and really the one that interests me is DeSantis and how in the first month of his campaign, he has picked up no traction at all. No, not at all. I mean, he, <laughs> I mean, he, he's been like a sinking stone. In fact, he has continued to lose ground in all of the public polling um, against Trump uh, significantly. I mean, Trump is up nationally above 50 states in Iowa. Yeah. Um, and New Hampshire, he's both up, um, I think, over the 50% mark. And, I, I mean, the interesting thing is that DeSantis hasn't done anything big to turn it around either. And so no. I don't understand. I, it doesn't appear that his campaign has any plan to turn things around or to reset the, you know, the race in some way. Let me give you a story of a, of a small example of a misstep by the DeSantis campaign, which seems small, but in the end turns out to be very big. There's the New Hampshire Republican Women's Club. Ah, I heard about this. Biggest yes. Republicans <laughs> Women's Club in New Hampshire. They right. are a big deal. Remember the movie Primary Colors? Yeah. When they go to New York and they're like, we have to go see the Jewish council of whatever. Right. And he's like, why? They're not, this, this is a waste of time. He's like, hey, you have to do this. It's just part of coming to New York. They're a big influential group. Yeah. Apparently talking to this women's group, maybe going to their lunch. That's all part of just campaigning in New Hampshire. Well, the DeSantis campaign scheduled a campaign event over their monthly lunch, which was a very, very big deal to the New Hampshire Republican women. They are, this is their turf. You should know their schedule. So one, you didn't get yourself invited to that group as a guest, which would have made them a much warmer uh, group of folks to hear your message. And then you piss them off by scheduling something over top of what they had scheduled. And everybody that I've listened to in campaigns, and and you've probably know this, little things like that, those are just mistakes that add up and those just stick in people. And when you're running for president, you got to have people like you. And if you can't pass that basic test, it's going to be really, really hard to win. No, I completely agree. The interesting thing is DeSantis in this ever uh, quixotic quest to like put himself to the right of Trump, like it's unceasing. Like he continues to try yeah. to find ways that he can go to Trump's right, whether it's on vaccines or whether it was on like how Trump handled the pandemic. But he's also creating tension and um, turmoil within his own state with lawmakers um, in um, Tallahassee mm-hmm. um, with a lot of this legislation that he started vetoing. The most recent example was um, there were federal grants, including infrastructure grants for the state of Florida that had no strings attached, that he vetoed. And they were, I mean, passed uh, by broad margins in the Florida um, state legislature solely because he wants to 
pitch himself to national Republicans as rejecting federal money from the Biden administration. Really stupid move because it's free money that would help the state and they could use it. That's ruffling a lot of feathers. Uh, There was a state version of like the STEP Act, you know, which was passed on the federal Mm -hmm. level by Trump in terms of low level um, offenders, in terms of giving them a pathway um, out of prison. Um, which was actually sponsored by one of his allies who has already endorsed him in the legislature, and he uh, vetoed that, uh, which is interesting because, again, now he's put himself to the right of Trump and said, I would have never passed that, despite the fact that he supported similar federal legislation when he was in Congress. So it's interesting because um, there hasn't been a lot of polling, and it's been understated, but if you also look at his polling in the state of Florida, like you're starting to see that image being chipped away, And um, again, he's putting himself in a very tight box because he's trying to appeal to Republican primary voters to Trump's right and peel off those MAGA voters. But in the process, he's making himself completely unelectable, you know, on a national scale and and, and then also creating division even among Republicans in Florida. DeSantis wants to be a MAGA policy wonk. And those those that doesn't exist. And, And you're right. His limiting principle is how far to the right can he get to Trump? Right. And every time he gets out there to the right of Trump, nobody gives a shit about policy to the right of Trump. Because MAGA voters don't care about That's policy. That's right. It's all <laughs> woke culture battle. Who are yeah. we going after? How are you going to make libs cry today? So he, for the portion of the, of the electorate he's trying to get at— his core message, they just have no interest in no. at all. And it seems like, too, everything we heard Ron DeSantis was bad at, he's kind of bad at. Yeah. He's not a very good retail politician. He has no talk well. Uh, part of that's partially because he has no interest in people. He's not a people person and he doesn't like to listen. And if you're in Iowa or New Hampshire, you're expected to, like you said, retail politicking, glad hand, sit in diners with people, hear them out, all of that. Something that, that Trump has really kind of drilled into me in the last six or eight years, how many years he's been on the public scene is, and I didn't realize this so much about Republicans, and maybe being somebody who's hung out with a lot of Republicans in the inner circle, you could, you could push back on this, but it just seems like Republicans at a base default to, who's the tallest guy with the broadest shoulders and the biggest voice? That's just who should be the leader should be. Yeah. They just, is that... Is that true? Am I making that up? Or is there a feel in Republican politics? I feel like that, that has been, yeah. It's obvious, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, too. If you listen to any Republican commentators, it's all Biden. It's all a physical contest where Biden doesn't have the physical tools to move forward. And look how big and orange and glorious Trump is. Right. And I, I didn't. I knew that was part of, of the, the Republican and conservative mythology, mythology, but... I didn't realize how strong that that still was. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting that has it abated. And I, I don't know that that's going to go away anytime soon because Trump has kind of cemented that as like a, a bedrock of like the yeah. type of leader Republicans are. That's looking one for. of the lasting things. So you said something there that suddenly reminded me that Tommy Tuberville has taken over the biggest asshole in the Senate. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, with by his, far. Yeah. With his refusal to promote military leaders because of their woke agenda. And now with his um, saying, hey, folks, I'll be down there for that signing for that rural Internet bill that we all got passed. And, and Biden immediately says, yeah, the one you didn't support. Yeah, Biden was quick on that comeback, which I uh, appreciate. Yeah. I don't mean to get it on a sidetrack, but God, Tommy Tuberville's an asshole. 
Oh, he's awful. I mean, and he, I mean, what he's doing with like the the military um, promotions and everything too is awful. Like, and he is probably one of the most, I think, dumb members of Congress in terms of the things that come out of his mouth too. Like, he is one that's just supremely quotable. Maybe the transition was. Is God, I'm gonna have to. What's the Russian general's name again that we we, we tried to pronounce? Prigozhin. Prigozhin. I mean, yeah. speaking of big assholes, Prigozhin. How do we even frame this up? There's been it's been so long. I'm assuming folks are following Ukraine and they have followed this story, but the potential coup that that wasn't. Yeah, I think so. It's interesting. There's been a lot of talk now for months that there's and Prigozhin has been very outspoken it's in been terms threatening of threatening the lives of Putin and his administrators for months and and outspoken against the Russian military yes. and the head of the Russian military wanting him to resign, which, of course, hasn't happened. And the reason all this matters is that. Putin relies uh, exponentially on the Wagner Group, this private army, um, to carry out um, raids um, in Ukraine because the Russian army is not well equipped. Um, they tend to be young; many of them are new, newly recruited, and so the the Wagner Group, as a private army, um, has been able to be get away with a lot that normally would, uh, you know, not be the case. I mean, Putin. A lot of crime. Would, yeah, a lot of crime. Um, being able to just be outspoken against Putin and sure. the administration—that's not normal. Uh, so this has, uh, and, and he, I should say, Prigozhin has been threatening to quit, to do all kinds of things, to just um, leave Ukraine. I mean, to t- pull out with his entire army. Uh, but what's interesting is he took it to a whole nother level this last weekend when he said um, instead he was going to attack the Russian military, and so he, you know, had his army march back into Russia. They actually took over a military port city in southern yeah. Russia. A city of 1.1 million people. A huge city, yeah. Um, which, interestingly enough, they were cheered on, too, by the people there, and he was very popular. And at one point, he was only 120 miles outside of Moscow uh, before this deal was reached, and he, you know he turned back. And this, I think, so there was this whole period of 48 to 72 hours where um, it was very chaotic. The political situation, we wondered, is the Putin regime going to fall? Who's going to replace it? The fact that he was able to get that close to the capital is pretty amazing that they were able Mm -hmm. to take over a city. It calls into question. Well, I'd go further than that. I mean, it shows how weak the Russian military apparatus is without the private army, the Wagner group. Uh, And um, again, it doesn't speak well, too, I think, for Putin, because Putin has also shown himself as weak um, and agreeing to this negotiation, which basically allowed uh, Prigozhin to uh, seek asylum in Belarus. This is where it got real stupid because I'm sitting there watching this Saturday just thinking, well, the most probable outcome of this is Putin's already been kicked out. They've already decided that he's going to march straight to Moscow. They will be limited to no fighting he will declare, I am the head of the Russian military because all these dudes are morons. And they would say, and here's your new leader. And we would just go about our business. Mm-hmm. The only real level of, 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 of um, what could be different, I thought, was how much fighting 
is going to happen for them to get to Moscow. Yeah. And I really thought they would just lay down because Putin's already gone. Because Putin had fled by that time. Right. I'm like, Putin's on his way to Chechnya or something. And this is right. this we didn't is know the where end of his yeah. story. Then some way, Lashenko, who Putin has been outright just threatening Hostile his life to, for yeah. months. Who was basically a puppet, for those that don't know. Belarus right. is a puppet state of His family got on Russia. a plane as soon as this happened and got the hell out of there. They got to Turkey as quickly mm. as they could because they thought it was coming for them as well. Yeah. So what... What possible deal could have been struck? Because we, we talked about strongman law dictates only one strongman at a time. If I march on you, the strongman, I have to put you down or you've got to do the same to me. Right. What, what exact deal could have been struck that would have made Prigozhin say, I'm done. That's what's this so odd about this. Yeah, we don't know the details. I think any, any news outlet that tells you they know what's happening Nobody knows what's happening in Russia right yeah. now. And there's a certain segment of the right who wants to use that to scare people. Right. Where, where does this odd Tulsi Gabbard, Tucker Carlson, you know, sense of Russia and Putin come from? I, I don't know. I, I don't understand when and how that became this variant on the right. Is it just we love as, strongmen? I think that's kind of what it is. It's just a logical extension of taking— Trump in the United States, you know, to its extreme and looking around the world and saying, you know, this is the kind of leader we want to to emulate. I mean, there's part of it. They they love his nationalist rhetoric because Putin is a nationalist. Um, you know, he also uses a lot of like kind of very like Christian symbolism, which no. I find weird because he's not actually a Christian, no. but he's very good at using that as part of like the, the buildup of the state. Uh, and so I think there's a lot of that that they admire because, again, they come at it from strength, unity. Yeah. Um, he's able to really kind of control the populace because I think at its core, a lot of those people don't like the fact that there's discord and that there is disunity, which is just part of being in a democracy. You don't have lockstep yeah. do, thinking. Do we agree that Putin's out in Russia by the end of the year? It's it really feels out. Like I can't that way. imagine a scenario. I mean, he... it was it was a couple days before we even saw or heard from him, yeah. which yeah. is very um, nobody quite knew where he went. No, either. and then he's on TV giving that speech, very angry. But I mean, he can't make up for the weakness now that this shows yeah. to the rest of the world. And yeah, I think this has been a boon and for the motivation of the Ukrainian army. I think in terms of really showcasing the emperor has no clothes and. You know, they, I think, will be much more uh, bold in some of the moves they make in terms of trying to recover territory, um, even take, and again, it's too early to tell with the fog of war, but it'll be interesting to see um, how they were able to take advantage of the situation last weekend, mm -hmm. even, because that was just complete chaos on the Russian side. Well, between, between this coup and the Russians blowing up the dam and threatening the nuclear power plant in the, in the territory they've taken over Ukraine, I think everybody has come to the conclusion we cannot leave any Russian assets on Ukrainian soil. Yeah. So let's just give them the F-16s they want, and they can they can mop this up in four to six months, it sounds like. Yeah. Or Russia pulls a, a World War One and just says, piss on it, and just everybody goes home. That, that could happen, too. That, too, yeah. God, it's just such a fucking mess over there. Russia is such a strange, strange place. Yeah, they really their, are. Their um, entire history has been goofy. This is another weird chapter in this. And it just it, it, it just grates on me when people talk about political corruption in the United States. 
when you want to see political corruption, Russia is an example of a government that has become so corrupt, they've basically stopped stop operating. Yeah. And that is not the situation in the United States at all. No, and what most people don't realize is when Russia was under the czars up until the Leninist uh, revolution, they were still a feudal society. They were the last feudal society um, on the planet because the rest of Europe had come out of feudalism in the Middle Ages. Russia yeah. never did. They I were still stuck in time. Russian peasants kind of liked it. They never solved the, the land problem. Yeah. They never figured out how to convince people that land ownership comes with freedoms that you're going to want. Right. And they could never crack a way to distribute land to everybody. Right. Russia's just the Russian history is fascinating. Mike Duncan, the Revolutions podcast, has oh, yeah. a brilliant like hundred and fifteen episode season of the Russian Revolution. That that's just fantastic. I haven't listened to that one yet, but I need to. But even listening to that, the the thing you realize is I'm never really going to know exactly what's happening over there. Yeah, these folks are wired up a little bit differently, just because they're not part of of Europe. They don't consider themselves part of Asia. They're certainly not Muslim and Turkish. They've always been, because of their geography, just something that's a little bit different. And yeah. they just. They've never been able to really define themselves. But do, do you think, too, that this has to help end the war in Ukraine? I, I think so, and I hope so. Because, again, it's been kind of the stalemate for so long. And I think it's easy to forget because this war has now lasted as long as it has, the real human impact. Um, just a couple of days ago, uh, Russian missile strikes hit a uh, pizza parlor that was yeah. frequented by a lot of teens. There were two 14-year-old sisters, a 17-year-old among the killed. And these are just teenagers trying to like have fun at a pizza place, and they're victims of this. And when the dust settles, I hope people remember, too, that what has gone on this war is totally against like the rules of warfare. Sure. There are always civilian casualties, but the difference here with the Russian invasion is that Russia has often targeted civilians directly. They've targeted hospitals, schools, places where civilians congregate. They're not just going after the Ukrainian military. They are actively Damn. taking out places where there are civilians. So the war crimes here are just immense in terms of what has been done by, by Putin. What does it take for Russia to get back to the G8? I mean, it seems like a lifetime ago when Russia joined the G7, made the G8, and was a part of that. Of that. Oh, that's a good question. From I think... where we stand now, what does it take to get back to that? Oh, yeah. I mean, you would have to have, I mean, whole-scale regime change yeah. and change in the government structure for that to happen. You're saying you'd have to have some whole new system of government. A whole new showing. system, not so. just a new person. Because if you just sub in somebody who the elites favor, who's going to be in like Putin style, but maybe not personality, that still does it, I think, change yeah, the calculus. I think so, too. Let's take each topic and, and let's come to some conclusion. Or let me hear your, your thoughts on, on each one of these to what their conclusion is. For Trump, I, I think we both agree he's going to get more indictments. Yeah. Let's start with the big stuff. Does Trump see the inside of a jail? I I think he oh, – that's hard, tough to answer. I, let's just put that as an unanswerable that, at this point. I, I, I'll just say that um, a couple weeks ago, uh, an FBI agent in western Kansas was sentenced for storing yeah. national security documents in her house, including in her bathroom, and she got several years I in prison. I think she had five years for that. Yeah. So, again, that almost mirrors exactly the crime that Trump committed. Does Trump win the primary? Um, at this point, yes, I think he does. 
I just I don't see a viable alternative. More people are getting into the race because DeSantis looks so weak. Um, that's only going to help Trump in the long run. If that vote is splintered, Trump would only need 30-some percent of the vote. Yeah. He's always going to have that floor of 30% that will support him no matter what. It's Unless there's major change, um, at this point it's looking like he's going to be the— Does Trump complete the run for president? Not win or lose. Let, let's leave that off the table for now. But just as he does, he we've already said we think he's going to win the primary. Does he get through the entire election cycle? Oh, that's a no. Now I will say that's in doubt. Who that is in doubt. Fifty fifty. Yeah, I think that's I think that's valid. Yeah, fifty fifty seems okay. And on the fifty percent chance he gets through it, does he win? I say no, um, because he's already been rejected once, and I just I don't see. I don't see the path of the prior Biden voter, even someone who's unhappy with Biden, switching to Trump. I don't see where that happens. The way I should qualify that with uh, the only case where I could see that happening. If you have a third party bid, like the no labels person, somebody like that yeah. that interjects uncertainty, that pulls votes away from Biden, I could see Trump winning with a plurality under 50 percent. During the height of the president campaign season biden has a health issue mm. does trump win i think oh, he does i think he does at that point yeah i think, I that, think he does. that that's like a game changer that becomes like an october surprise by health issue i mean he falls and breaks his wrist i think that's enough to do it we're not talking something like he has a stroke and is incapacitated any health problem by biden in this time frame is going to be a problem. And the probability of that is increased this time around because we're no longer in COVID where, you know, there's yeah. no active rallies. He's going to have to travel the country. He's going to have rallies. Like, it's completely different now than the 2020 race. Switching to Hunter Biden. Does Hunter Biden ever get indicted for a crime? Um, I mean, he, he could if more comes out. Although... I, well, but I would say likely not at this point because we've seen the DOJ based on what they've charged him with now. I mean, I feel like they've had, as you said, they had access to his laptop for two yeah. years. I just don't see it happening. They've had all this time. Do you believe Joe Biden was involved directly in any of Hunter Biden's business deals? Directly, no. Okay, so you don't you don't you don't believe he ever got on the phone with somebody. He never said, "Hey, uh, Hunter's told me good things about you. Looking forward to seeing you at that next fundraiser." No, I don't think he influenced the outcome of any of those deals in any okay. way. Now, could he have been in a room when Hunter had a phone call? Yes. Um, did he actively participate in a phone call and uh, facilitate anything? No, I don't think so. So I think we generally agree. Hunter Biden scumbag. He's going. He's walked around the world cashing in on the Biden's name. Let me, let me ask a question, too. Do you think Biden himself— has received money from Hunter Biden's business deals. 10% for the big guy is the line everybody says. Do you believe Joe has stuck any money in his pocket off Hunter's business deals? I don't think so, only because that would be... The, the allegation dates back to the time he was vice president. And while he could have done that, that would have been a very, very stupid thing to do yeah. um, while he was in office. Now, if we're talking about after his post-vice presidency, I could see that being more likely, but not while he was vice president. I just don't how do that. How do all these allegations change Joe Biden's presidential campaign, if any, if at all? I mean, I don't, I don't think— 
they do. I mean, I think he'll continue being defiant, kind of ignore them. I don't know that it changes. It hasn't changed the way he's talked about or responded to them um, up until this point. Yeah. So I don't think it impacts the campaign and from his perspective. I think there's a good chance he just keeps going with the philosophy he's going, yeah. which is just completely ignore it. What comes next for Russia? What does the next... We, we think Putin's gone by the end of the year. I think What's you, next? I think you're going to see one or more active attempts by Russian elites, whether they be political, military, um, the oligarchs, um, try to take power and seize power in Russia. So I think that's because I think what happened last week and opened the door for many of them to do that and to feel comfortable doing that. And so I think that's what you're going to see. Um, you know, and that might mean that the first one or first two are not successful. But I think that um, even if there are multiple ones, it just layers on the instability until you get to the point where the regime falls, because you have enough coup attempts and that will only continue to weaken the regime. I mean, you can't last for long in power. The regime only is in power at the behest of the elites. And once enough of them realize that not only is Putin vulnerable, but he can be taken out, you know, that switches. I mean, this is not – there is no constitutional safeguards. There's no protection mm-hmm. of the ballot box. It all lays down to rest on elite yeah. support. What is the month and year the Ukrainian war ends? Oh. Now, that's a hard question. Um, I'm going to say February 2024. Okay, that's that's ambitious. Um, you think it goes longer than that? I mean... Because uh, I'm, I'm thinking Russia helps in this by mass surrenders. I guess if it was before the... Yeah, if, if there's some kind of change with the regime before the end of the year... Um, I could see that happening. Well, I'm thinking I'm gonna, in February, you've been through three months of cold on top of everything else. Sounds like a good month to say I'm going home. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say like April just to be okay. a little bit more But sometime in the winter or spring and 2020, next year. Yes. I, I think that's right. Somewhere yeah. in that time frame that goes. All right, Brandon, that wasn't bad. We've been off no. for a while, but we were able to blow through an hour there. We did. Pretty, we got through good. Got through the topics well. Have you done anything fun the last month? I know you've, you've not felt well most of the last month, you said. No, so May was basically <laughs> kind of uh, a blown month because I was sick almost the entire month. But, uh, um, yeah, I've been I've gone to a couple of Royals games. I've been getting back out and doing stuff. And, um, yeah, so a couple Probably of trips planned. The most exciting thing coming up in a couple in well in a week or so is my daughter got tickets to the Taylor Swift concert in Oh, Arrowhead. she's lucky. One so, of the yeah, that's well, like hot mom, commodity. Mom pulled some corporate strings okay. and, and got her into it. So she is just 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 crazy right now. Oh, so, I bet, yeah. And she got two tickets that are in a suite for only like 500 bucks at face wow. value. Oh my, th- that's yeah. incredibly lucky. Cause yeah. where my wife works, they, they have a big account with the chiefs and they have access to tickets and, but we still didn't think she was going to get them, but she was able to, I mean, your wife probably had awesome. to like scoop those up right away. Right. To... As my wife said, this is a culmination of years of relationship building yeah. with people to be able to, to get, a good point. To get yeah. tickets. And that's, that's what it takes. That, that is. Yeah. We've been to like several concerts this year. We went to Old Dominion in Red Rocks. My first time at Red Rocks. Oh no, I love like the Red Rocks Amphitheater. Oh my gosh! Did you it's so see cool. those people getting hailed on yes. a couple weeks ago? I saw the video from when that. that oh. chick like pulled her shirt up, and it just looked like somebody took a hammer to her back. Oh, I can't imagine. That's brutal. I, I could see getting caught in a storm up there. Just you're screwed at that point. You just got to sit there and take it. Oh yeah. I'm going to Billy Joel later in the summer, so that'll be good. In New York or in? No, here in Kansas City. Oh, that's right. He's coming with Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks, yeah. Yeah. Are they at Arrowhead? 
Uh, yes, that is Arrowhead. Yeah, so that'll be. We saw outside. Luke Combs a couple weeks ago at Arrowhead, a country guy. He oh, was yeah. pretty good. Was he good? He yeah. was pretty good. Uh, young people at concerts. I don't. I don't have anything in common with young women going to a country concert. I certainly don't have anything. <laughs> Brandon, I've never, I'm just not used to seeing just packs of young women just aggressively drunk, just acting what I would say was like mostly like young men would act. Oh, yeah. Yelling, screaming, hollering, throwing stuff. I guess the ladies have decided, hey, we can, we can participate. Just oh, as yeah. Much I think that's pretty can. commonplace now these days. God, so. there were so many drunk people at that, oh. at that country concert. Oh, that had to be so obnoxious. The boots imagine. and skirts were everywhere. It's just like, <laughs> good God. This is horrible we've got one more concert to go to so we were going to go to vegas over the fourth oh yeah because we were going to see garth brooks because he starts a residency right jody calls me and said oh by the way those garth brooks tickets i bought those are for 2024 oh okay so his residency well does his residency still start this year it's next year okay starts next year she was Ah, dicking with the the, the the... interface somehow it did that but so so we thought we're gonna go to vegas but But i think we're just gonna stay home but july 4th 2024 is already booked. So. There you go. That'll be nice. That's it. That's our hour. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Craig. Thanks for listening to Two Men in the Middle. Make sure to give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Check out our website at twomeninthemiddle.com. Drop us an email at twomeninthemiddle at gmail.com or tweet at us at Two Men in the Middle. We'll see you next week.